0: it's time for forward nation radio now here he is the host of forward nation radio david leventhal welcome to forward nation radio i'm david leventhal still around we're going to be discussing today the good, the bad, and the ugly of this presidential election. And why not use a Clint Eastwood movie as a metaphor for this election? It's just the irony just somehow seems to work there. Anyway, for for five days or so, I have not been able to get Gloria Gaynor's I Will Survive out of my head. Just another reason to hate Donald Trump, that I have this song running around in my head. It feels right now, and I'm sure I'm not telling anybody out there anything they don't already feel. It feels like I have dodged a bullet. Or maybe it's a steamroller just squashing me flat. I just have gone through a period of bleakness and fear. And I feel that somehow I've gotten through it. I look around at people celebrating. In this country banging pots and pans in various neighborhoods where civilized people reside. Pots and pans shouting with joy at the evil that we managed to have exercised from ourselves or likely will have exercised ourselves if things go according to plan over the next couple of months. It is inspiring to see the celebration here and around the world. The entire civilized world celebrating. The fact that America may be rejoining it. And yet, for the most part, while I want to feel all that celebration, it's just, it's numbness. I'm still getting over my hangover from the election. Even though, even though we knew about the red mirage, that it would look better for Trump on election night than it would afterwards when the votes were counted. Even though I reported on that on this show, going through that night, even thinking that maybe Biden was going to come back and win, but it wasn't going to be what we hoped under the best of circumstances. It's, I'm spent like I assume most of you are. So I don't want to be a wet blanket here. I want to feel the joy, not just the relief that I'm feeling right now. Yes, we appear to have avoided sudden death. The sudden death that another four years of Donald Trump would have brought to this country, to our democracy, to civilization. The sudden death that we appear to have avoided through what we expected to be civil war, perhaps, riots, violence, of angry Trump supporters who will not accept having lost and whose dear leader will be continuing to fire them up. That, of course, is still going on. We don't know if we've beaten that one yet. But right now, it's looking like Biden won by enough that even even that's not really taking hold in many places in this country. It's still not for certain. As of Tuesday when I'm recording, uh, or Monday, I don't even know what the fuck day it is anymore. As of Monday when I'm recording this, it's almost Tuesday, it's late. Monday when I'm recording this, the the GOP leadership is still backing Trump and telling him, in effect, to cut the baby in half. That baby being the United States of America. It's hard to avoid the idea that even if we get past this, even if we avoid getting run over by this steamroller, we as a country remain on life support. It's like we got a last-minute stay of execution, but we're still on death row. We've survived this election. We may survive long enough to have another election, which was in doubt, which was on the ballot a week ago. But boy, it's hard to say we've come out of this in the kind of place that we needed to be coming out of this. But here I am. I just said I didn't want to be a wet blanket, and I'm being a wet blanket. So let's start out with our discussion of the good. I know in the movie they do the good last, but still, we're going to start with the good. We're going to celebrate the victory and what it means. In my head, I am I am trying right now to replace I will survive with uh, a more uplifted with Kansas's hope once again. That maybe we have hope for a future. Let's just start out with the actual real victory that we have, again, assuming something doesn't come up, they don't manage to steal something and destroy this country, but assuming it goes as it appears and Biden is going to be the next president of the United States in just a little more than two months from now. Let's start with the people in this country who can breathe easier right away, starting with the dreamers starting with people for whom this country has been their only home, who have played by the rules, worked hard, loved this country, God knows love this country more than the current son of a bitch supposedly leading it loves this country. The dreamers who should be able to rest more easily in two months, anyway, about whether they're, they're going to be thrown out of the country, whether their families are going to be ripped apart the many more who can immediately celebrate. This is all of us. The people who would have suffered under the fascist regime that would have cemented itself in power if Donald Trump had been able to get this election. Just think, journalists, people who tell the truth, not to mention scientists, people who deal with facts, government workers who actually want to create a better country and a better planet, all of whom would have suffered Immediately, if Donald Trump had been reelected. The journalists who report the truth, I think, I watch Stephen Colbert. I report on that all the time. You should be watching Stephen Colbert. I watch him after this and I think, do you realize how close he might have come for you? Does it Does it dawn on you, not only that you might not have had your show much longer, but you could have been hauled off and sent to a gulag somewhere? Like Russia, you know, where the gulags were kind of famous. I think of the good that maybe we can cling to and have hopes for the future here. With the record number of voters who turned out in this election, the record number, I know, I know, I know. The population keeps getting bigger. So really every election, we should be having a record number of voters, but we had a record number of voters. That's something to be, to, to be happy about. And especially in light of the record number of voters who overcame institutional voter suppression in order to vote right the, the, what's what's lost in the discussion of the election i find much of the time when i hear people talking about it when they talk about the fact that joe biden has received more votes than anyone else in american history and that's usually followed up with well donald trump just won number, just the second most but the number of voters who had to overcome outright Republican criminal organization voter suppression in order to do that. This is something to be inspired by. Just look look to the presidential ticket. Let's not overlook the fact. Kamala Harris gave a really nice speech when they finally, last night, I think it was last night, accepted the inevitable and, and claimed victory the victory that had already been, been given to them by the American voters. When Kamala Harris gave that inspiring speech, a black woman becoming vice president of the United States, it is remarkable. An, an Indian American to boot, the inspiration, that the pain that that must be causing to Trump supporters, just making it that much sweeter, that America has elected a black female vice president. I mean, if we keep this up, within a few decades, we might catch up to Pakistan as far as the way it respects women's rights and is willing to have a woman leader. All right, maybe a little more than a few decades, but gosh, we're working on it. That, that should be America's motto now, trying to catch up to Pakistan. The election is a chance to rejoin the world. Well, let me let me back up on that. Of course, America is part of the world. But a chance to switch our allegiances in the world. To no longer ally ourselves with the most brutal dictators and repressive non-democratic regimes in the world. But to actually align ourselves with democracies again. You know, like NATO and stuff. So... A chance to join the right side of the world. As we talked about what a Trump re-election might mean. A World War three at some point. With America fighting on the wrong side. We have reason to believe that America will again be on the right side. At least for a little while. It gives us a chance to acknowledge actual problems that are facing us that need to be overcome. Not necessarily to fix them. God knows we got a lot of problems in that regard. Those problems have not gone away. But a chance to at least acknowledge these actual problems. Like COVID. We will now have a president who acknowledges it and tries to do something about it. Climate change. We will actually acknowledge climate change. We will be able to rejoin the Paris Accords. And at least we will have some leadership trying to push this country to do better and demand better and fix the planet. We will actually have a president who is concerned about helping our economy for all Americans. For that matter, for helping Americans. Period. Addressing economic problems. Addressing our infrastructure. Here's a joke. Maybe in the, what is it? 205th week of the... No, 209th week of, I'm not real good at math on the fly, 209th week of the Trump presidency. In other words, the first week of o Biden presidency, maybe it really will be infrastructure week. Maybe we'll start investing in this country. God knows, maybe we'll start putting some money into education, which is on life support in this country. Trust me, I work in public education. It is on life support and it doesn't have much longer to go. Something maybe can actually be addressed in this country for the positive. We will have a president concerned with something other than just enriching himself and further enraging rabid cultists. It is a chance to have some basic faith again in, the, in governance, in the government of the United States, in our ability to tackle these problems and work for a better future for all of us. Biden's speech when he accepted the, the inevitable and accepted that he had won the election was a speech about basic decency. It was a speech that reminded us what it will be like to have a president again. A president who has basic human decency. And the the celebration of what we've accomplished, yes has to include what was defeated, at least for a few moments. Personally, I think this election, being as close as it was, is going to end up being a victory for white nationalism in the Republican Party. I think the message for the Republican Party is going to be, we need to double down on being the white nationalist party. We are the Trump Party. Maybe maybe I'll be proven wrong. But that's my initial thoughts, that that's one of the winners of this election. But you know what? That's, that's still perspective. That's still down the road. Right now, unlike in 2016 at this time, the son of a bitch, Nazis, white supremacists, militiamen, scum of the fucking earth are not celebrating right now. And I am celebrating the fact that some of them are miserable. Uh, We're also celebrating, no surprise here, but a reminder, because it reflects so much of what I talk about on this show, that Democrats have now won the popular vote in seven out of the last eight presidential elections. Seven out of eight. Yes, because of how fucked up our democracy is, everything is still against us, including overwhelmingly the federal courts and probably the United States Senate, but I don't know. Seven out of eight has to feel good somehow. Somehow it's got to be good. We're, we're seven out of eight. Okay. That's the good. There's a lot of good. There's hopefulness in there. Let's go to the ugly next. So much, so much for my not being a wet blanket. Now it's time for me to be a wet blanket for a little while. The, the first part of the ugly, of course, is what's next. What is the immediate future? We are not sure to what extent the Republicans will burn the place down before they leave and to what extent they just won't leave. People talking about Trump going quietly, well, it sure as hell doesn't seem likely right now. If he is shown that he has no hand to play whatsoever and his lawsuits are all thrown out and Americans don't really want to give a shit about him starting a civil war and riots and whatever and fraud, he's going to have to go. It won't be quite Gorian where Al Gore, to preserve this country, conceded an election he'd actually won for the good of the country. Donald Trump will destroy this country in order to maintain power if he can. Let's hope he can't. He will take the country down with him, if that will help him. I gave them the biblical metaphor, they, the Republicans will cut the baby in half. Donald Trump will cut the baby in half. As a last resort, he will take to rubbing feces on the White House walls. This, this little baby, this man-child, to show how angry he is, his petulance. Let's hope that that's all he's got, that that's the most he could do is act like a little baby and hurt people before he's gone without actually taking the country down with him, slash and burn, destroying the country. Who knows what hissy fit this little baby will have, but let's hope that he could have that hissy fit while he watches Fox News and he plays golf all day. Let's buy him a new big screen TV and a new golf cart and let him play and watch for the next two months and just stay the fuck out of everybody's way. Nobody thinks that this man is going to man up, woman up, and become a statesman and work on the transition to improve this country. But Biden doesn't, there's nothing Trump's people can give to Biden anyway. Just get the fuck out of the way. At some point, we all know, right now, I'm sure already his latest conciliary is already reaching out to Democrats to try to extort some money from them and some immunity from future prosecutions in order to go away. I really hope that no Democrats feel that this is something we need to do. (laughs) The idea that this man, once again, would just fly by all of his criminal activity and be accountable for nothing is sickening. But you know that's what's going on right now. And if he gets the support he needs, that's what the extortion will be. Just give me a few $100 $100 million so I could pay some of my debts and give me immunity so I don't actually have to move to a country that doesn't have an extradition treaty with the United States. And then I will give you your nice little country back. Yeah, this is Trump now putting on his non-orange wig, putting on his black fedora and long black raincoat and, you know, nice little country you got here. Yeah, it'd be a shame if something happened to it. This is Donald Trump, the mobster. As far as the ugly... Already, so far, Trump continues to up the ante on demeaning the office of the presidency of the United States and therefore demeaning the United States of America. The man who has come out and made up voter fraud lied about winning elections blatantly and obviously to try to rip this country apart so he can maintain power. Is anybody surprised by this? That's the amazing thing here. N- nobody's surprised by this. He is a, a disgrace willing to destroy the country for his own for his own little hissy fit, for, to, to maintain whatever power he can and, to be fair, probably stay out of prison. And nobody is surprised by it. N- nobody's surprised by it to the extent that one of the uplifting things here was how the media didn't even cover him. I find it remarkable. I have been saying for years on this show, my faithful listeners, you faithful listeners will remember. I've been saying for years on the show that the media should just stop covering the president of the United States. When he has a speech, when he tweets, maybe you should say, look at what this idiot, look at the stupidity that this idiot said now. But just don't cover it. It's all lies. It's all bullshit. Well, finally on election night, maybe because they, they felt we're finally going to be rid of this son of a bitch. The media just didn't cover him. He showed up for in the in the White House Situation Room, or in the wherever the hell it was, where he came out to read his lies, and it wasn't covered by the networks. Some some started covering it, and when it turns out to just be lie after lie, they just went to something else. Let's make him irrelevant. He needs to be irrelevant because he is so continuing to demean us. With, with, no, with venom spewed and nothing that anybody needs to hear. Meanwhile, it's not just Donald Trump. His entire political criminal organization, the Republican Party, continues to up the ante on demeaning itself. Some Republicans have not given him their full-throated support, at least yet. This is what counts as profiles and courage in the GOP. Chris Christie, who Donald Trump almost killed recently, said, I don't see any voter fraud. Prove it. Show it. And that is a profile card. Chris Christie, that sack of shit, is now what passes for the reasonable elite in the Republican Party. And unfortunately, people like him, and there are others, have been standing out because of how many Republican leaders, criminal organization leaders, have just continued to double down on their on their lack of integrity, their lack of interest in actually doing the job that they were elected, to, and they're paid very well to do. As of the time I'm doing this, and it's it's still Monday, as of the time I'm doing this, much of the Republican leadership is continuing to egg him on in his fi- in a fight against an election that he has clearly lost. Jesus Christ, Fox fucking News has said that he lost the goddamn election. What more do you need? More on that later. Respect for the country from the GOP. Anybody who expected that this is a party that was going to rally around the flag at some point and say, there are limits to how criminal we will be, and that limit is cutting the country in half. Yeah, good luck with that. I'm sure Moscow Mitch is really on that. Ted Cruz making the same determination as I did about the future of white nationalism in the Republican Party, has gone full Trump. Tear the place down. Just leave enough standing so that I can get elected in 2024. Ted Cruz, 2024. It's crazy shit out there. Maybe there's something it's still in the Republican Party. Some people who are saying they do not want to destroy this country in order to help Trump. Maybe there's... An opportunity where they will look at their own fortunes, what is in their best interests. And as I've reported on for years, that's all they're ever looking at. And they've decided that supporting Donald Trump at this point is not in their personal interests. And that goes to the size of the Biden victory and maybe to some extent where these people are. It also goes to the fact that Donald Trump is such a son of a bitch that he has no allies. He just has lackeys. He has people who need him. He has nobody who will go to the mat for him unless they see it in their personal interest to do that. So maybe there will be enough defections that this country will survive this. Also, as far as the ugly, 70 million Americans upped the ante on demeaning themselves and demeaning the country. And let's, let's not forget that. 70 million Americans voted for Donald Trump. A pathetic excuse for a so-called human being. A criminal, a shyster, a liar, a scumbag, a narcissist. Someone with no interest in running this country for the, for the betterment of this country or the people in it. 70 million fucking Americans Thought it was a good idea to vote for this piece of shit. And you know what? That is fucking ugly. Biden in his speech, it was was really inspiring. We are one nation with more in common than we have dividing us. Inspiring words. Of course, it's easy for him to say since the guy standing next to him isn't sporting a swastika. Whereas the guy standing next to many of us is. Maybe we are reminded, despite those inspiring words from Joe Biden, that maybe we're really not a nation with a whole lot in common. Maybe it turns out the people who support civil and equal rights actually don't have a lot in common with the slave owners. Maybe they have more in common even with people in Canada across some arbitrary border, as if that matters. Maybe we're just being reminded That who you manage to be born next to or grow up next to is not an indication of who you have anything in common with. And I hope Biden can bring this country together and all that other stuff. But this is just showing us right now who 70 million Americans are. And it is not a pretty picture. Trump said, "I'm, I'm almost going to agree with Trump. We're going to use some... Uh, some some language trickery here. This is an embarrassment to our country, Donald Trump said, referring to the election. He's right, not the way he meant it, but this election is an embarrassment to our country. That seventy million Americans voted for this piece of human shit is is just is an embarrassment. And as a reminder that maybe as much as we want to tell ourselves that we are one nation and we have more in common, man, we've got a lot of work before we get there. Because maybe we don't. As I've been reporting for weeks on this show, the reason that those of us who believe in civilization and basic human decency were somehow hoping beyond hope that Donald Trump was going to be utterly and completely repudiated at the polls a hope that was dashed within the first moments of reports coming back, uh, uh, election results coming back. As I've been reporting, there was no sneaking up on anybody here. You could argue that in 2016, Donald Trump was selling a bunch of idiots bullshit that was blatantly not true, but at least he he was telling them what they wanted to hear. But we don't get to say that about them anymore. He's not sneaking up on anybody. They know what they're buying. They know what they're getting, and they are still choosing to buy it. Many of them still taking to the streets to fight for it against the concept of democracy. It's so important to them to support this piece of shit that they're willing to destroy democracy in order to get what they want. We are reminded of this country's forever original sin that continues, the bigotry, not just racism but the reminder of just how bigoted a country we really are. We are reminded of the hatred, the irresponsibility, the selfishness, and the absolute stupidity that runs rampant in this country. And we have to ask ourselves, how the fuck do you govern a country like this? I was walking the other day in a neighborhood and I saw one of these lawn signs. I thought it was really cute. And I was told by people, oh yeah, they're all over. I don't get out much. That's COVID. In this house, we believe, yard sign. Have you seen, seen that? In this house, we believe. This one was Black Lives Matter. Women's rights are human rights. No human is illegal. Science is real. Love is love. Kindness is everything. I thought, what a lovely sign. And then, of course, my next thought was, that's a Biden supporter. I thought that a sign like that Science is real. Kindness is everything. No human is illegal. That's partisan right now. That is partisanship in America. Because the other side doesn't believe those things. Women's rights aren't human rights. Black lives, sure they matter, but they just you don't matter less. You know that three-fifths thing. The, con- the, the Constitution founders were onto something. Three-fifths, that's probably more, more, more reasonable for how much a black lives matter. These are controversial statements. In America today I want to believe we have more in common than divides us but sometimes I really my, my hope is that man I better be very divided from a lot of these people because oh my god what does it say about me otherwise so again what tempers my joy is that we did not get the repudiation we needed and while the world will take a deep breath that America survived this one the whole world we'll continue to understand that America is still on death row. We keep reading about how Democrats, even in the wake of the election, Democrats need to do more for white working class voters. I agree. I'm a liberal. Liberal policies are to help white and other colored working class voters. But let's also be awake here. These white working class voters vote for the party that is responsible for their having no economic future, for their taking away their money, their paycheck, their education, all the things that would allow them to rise up to a middle class lifestyle, taking away their ability to join a union, etc. That's the Republican Party. And yet they're angry at the Democratic Party, which it's true, has not done enough to help them. Do you you see the problem there? How do you reach out to people who are this willfully ignorant? And we are reminded again in this election just how so many people, tens of millions of people in this country are incapable of making a basic decision that's in their own self-interest. I understand that some Trump supporters are just selfish pricks with money who just want their taxes lowered. I get it. They're scum, but at least they have enough sense, maybe, to vote what they think is in their self-interest. Working class voters voting Republican? What are we supposed to do to reach out to this? Other than what we've been doing. And every time we do, we get slapped down for it. You know, how about these white working class voters? Democrats want to reach out for them. How about they try to give them health care? That might be a way to reach out to them. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. By giving them health care, these voters rebelled against Democrats. How about we train them for better, safer jobs? Jobs that this country will have in the future unlike what they've got. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. That's what they punished Hillary for and other Democrats. How about we give them unions? How about we raise taxes on rich people so that we can invest in the United States, including investments that they need to rise to the middle class? Oh, wait, they punish us for that. Republicans are on TV commercials saying, Biden wants to raise your taxes. He doesn't, but it doesn't matter. That's all these morons need to hear and they'll vote against someone who actually wants to help them. What do you do to reach out to people who will not have the basic information and lift a goddamn finger to help themselves? How about saving the fucking planet? Might that help white working class voters? The one thing I felt good at with watching fucking Florida declare for Trump really early is thank God a lot of these sons of bitches are going to be underwater in another few years. I've been saying for years that Democrats are not progressive enough. I've been saying this on this show for years, that Democrats are not progressive enough. But again, let's be clear, this election is a reminder as to why Democrats are not progressive enough. They are not progressive enough because the American voter punishes them for being progressive and trying to help the American voter. Yes, it's true. Campaign funding has a lot to do with it. Having to be beholden to rich people and corporations and all the billionaires who supported Democrats, God knows that's going to affect their policy. We should be, with all due respect to Michael Bloomberg, we should be instituting policies that seriously fuck over Michael Bloomberg right now. And we're less likely to do that because Michael Bloomberg gives money. But the biggest impediment to Democrats doing what they need to do to help the voters are the voters. The American voters, who don't know who's trying to help them, but respond by foaming at the mouth because someone used the word socialism. The biggest impediment to helping the American voter is the American voter. Apropos of reaching out to white working class voters, as I've said so many times on this show, but it's a good chance for me to repeat it here as I summarize my take from the presidential election. Why do we always focus on how we view them And not how they view us or how they view themselves. I keep hearing all the time, you resent us, you look down on us, whatever else. I hear that from people I've never looked down on. And I think, you're just projecting here. I haven't said anything. I said, oh, you drive an electric car, you think you're better than me. No, I drive an electric car, so you think I'm better than you. That's the problem. They don't resent us for what we believe. They resent us for who we are, for the fact that we're trying to make a better planet. We're being more responsible. And that makes them feel worse about themselves. That we could think of other people on occasion. I've talked about my conservative friends when I I bought my first hybrid car who said, that was a bad choice. You'll never make your money back. Not understanding that I may not have done it for myself. I may have done it because I felt an obligation to help other people. Because I have social responsibility. That's why they resent us. Not because we look down on them, but because they look down on themselves and we give them an indication of what, the, how much better they could be doing if they were able to give a crap about somebody other than, them, than themselves. Let's also remember when we talk about understanding white working class voters, we are reminded how much of that has to do with racism and bigotry. People have been writing that that there's resentment against all the wokeness in this country. Oh, I'm sorry. Forgive me for not being a bigot and respecting people's rights to be who they want to be. I'm supposed to apologize for that? This is the ugly continues of this election. The other ugly of this election, there's maybe a positive. Really, let's get beyond this American myth that we need to grow up From this American myth of our superiority and how wonderful that we are? Maybe the good news here is that it's never really been true. We've never been what we fancied ourselves to be. That in fact, this is who we are, a very flawed people. Maybe the first step to making ourselves better is acknowledging we have a problem in the first place. And maybe after this, there will be more effort around this country to acknowledge, man, we've got a serious fucking problem. And, of course, the last and the most depressing part of this, ugly part, is the extent to which this may be showing us how our days are numbered. We survived this, as I I pointed out up, up top. We survived this, but it's hard to think that our days are not numbered considering what's going on here. We seem, and Biden comes into office, but seems to lack the basic support he needs to fix the democratic problems that we have in this country. We've managed to win seven of the last eight national elections, and yet, where has that gotten us? How do we improve here? How do we get better? Biden's going to reach out and try to touch the other side and and try to bring us all together. But he better not do that with policies. He better fight for what he knows to be true and what most of this thinking country has learned to be true. And Ultimately, convince these jackasses that while his policies might seem to be divisive, they're divisive in a way that will actually make their lives better. And finally, just briefly, that brings us to the bad the bad of this election. There's a lot of bad here while we're celebrating. In a year in which the Democrats were running against Donald Trump, we lost seats in the House of Representatives. The Democrats actually lost seats. Yes, they maintained the majority. That's important. But how the fuck do you lose seats in the House of Representatives? Oh, yes, right. It's obvious how you lose seats in the House of Representatives. The House of Representatives is so pathetically gerrymandered that it takes almost a perfect storm for the Democrats to maintain the House of Representatives. How do you get beyond that? And the Senate? It looks like, as I noted up top, that we will have a, two runoff elections in Georgia that will determine who has a majority of the United States Senate. Who gets to determine the agenda and set the agenda for the United States Senate? Unless the Democrats somehow manage to win two runoff elections in Georgia and get both Georgia's senators. Michael Bloomberg, I suggest a chauffeured limousine to every registered Democratic voter to take them to the polls every black person in Georgia to take them to the polls. But unless the Democrats can win those two elections, the Republicans control the Senate and Biden's agenda, at least when it comes to legislation, is dead on arrival. The things that we need to do to fix our democracy are done. The things that we need to do to fix our courts are done. And those who think that the Republicans are going to get more reasonable after this Susan Collins, give me a fucking break. What we will see again is the Republicans reverting to what they were before Trump, which is the Republican Senate will do everything it can between now and 2024 to destroy this country so that they could run, just like they did under Obama, so that they can run for the presidency and for the Senate and the House in 2024 by saying, look, the Democrats didn't fix anything. And the morons in this country well, it'll actually work for them. Meanwhile, what's often lost in the shuffle here is that the Democrats lost further ground in many of our states. The states that will be gerrymandering their their constitutional delegation and their state legislatures based on the census, the abbreviated census that was already a theft, are now further in Republican hands than they were before. Which means more census theft, More election theft coming down the pike for Americans. And of course, again, for the bad, it's just a reminder of the shit that we have to live with as we try to make a better country and a better planet. It's like we're living in the Invasion of the Body Snatchers movie. And we just look around us, and we don't know who the pod people are. But it's not like, the 1950s version that seemed to end with a hopeful ending. It's like one of the later versions where we're probably all going to die. We're all going to become pod people soon enough. And of course, whatever the result, that Donald Trump lost a squeaker, there is no question that one of the lessons from this election, this was a victory for propaganda and for lies. In the aftermath of the election, people were wondering out loud, reasonable, thoughtful people who knew what they were talking about were wondering out loud, what will Fox News do? They have a bunch of cult followers who will believe every piece of shit that Fox News tells them. Will Fox News destroy this country? And then we were taking some hope from the fact that Fox News called the election for Biden doesn't seem generally to be trying to, trying to mount an insurrection. But, The lesson from this is maybe we just didn't lie enough. We're going to have to double down on the lies for the next election because we've got nothing legitimate to sell the American people. Anyway, I'll have more on the election in future episodes. Until then, let's leave on a high note. We dodged a very serious bullet right here. So keep up your celebrating for a little while and then get back to work. Be safe, and I'll see you all soon. You've been listening to Forward Nation Radio with David Leventhal.